The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Storybrook. Welcome to Storybrooke Weekly Mirror, the unofficial Once Upon a Time internet radio show exclusively on poppychuloradio.com. Poppy Chulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Monday, November 7th, 2016, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of Once Upon a Time. Later on in the broadcast, get ready for a spoiler alert as we bring you the hit ABC series as casting scoops, spoilers, and ratings. Please welcome my co-host for tonight's podcast, Katie. Hey guys, I'm excited to talk about the episode with everyone. I'm excited to talk about the episode with you too, Katie. Yeah, sounds great. It's going to be fun. So let's jump into our recap of Season 6, Episode 7, which was titled Heartless and aired on November 6th, 2016. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. In a flashback to the Enchanted Forest, Bandit Snow dodges a bounty hunter known as the Woodcutter, while Shepherd David goes on a fateful journey to sell his family's farm. In Storybrooke, the evil queen threatens to destroy the town and everyone in it unless Snow and David surrender their hearts. As Emma, Hook, and Henry prepare to defend Storybrooke, Snow, David, and Regina search for a magical sapling created by the first spark of true love. Regina uses golds and the evil queen's burgeoning romance against them, and Zelina offers Belle some friendly advice. Alright, Katie. Although I feel like the Henry section of this press release that I'm reading as the synopsis um, wasn't really in the episode, but um, <laughs> but Katie, fill us in on your initial reaction for the episode Heartless. You know what? I really like this episode. I mean, I say that all the time, whatever, but I actually genuinely really like this episode. I thought we got some snowing backstory that really worked. Because I know, I mean, the snowing backstories in the first couple seasons, I say, were really strong. And then, I mean, I always enjoy a good snowing backstory, but they haven't been as strong, in my opinion. And I thought this one was pretty great. I mean, it put a new spin on everything. And I loved something that they did that we'll get into later through the flashbacks that carried over to the mo- the uh, current time. And I know you think it's a cop-out, but I really liked a twist on something that we see 
a lot with this couple that we got at the end of the episode. Um, and there was a great Captain Swan moment for me that I was not expecting at all that I liked a lot. Uh, and I still hate Rumpelstiltskin, so nothing's changed there. <laughs> all right now. Katie, why do you think you know what you think you know? Are you getting some psychic emotions? Uh, maybe? Interesting. Um, yeah, lots of Okay. <laughs> well, I thought the episode was okay. And this is the second episode in a row now that I feel was just okay. And maybe it's it's that I'm hyping myself too much because the writer of this episode was Jane Espenson. And she usually does, like, really great episodes. And for me... It was like, okay, like, and uh, yes, Katie, you're right. I, I feel like the sleeping curse trope has been used a lot. Like season two was like the sleeping curse season. And, <laughs> and yeah, and there's something that I'm going to bring up about the sleeping curse, which I feel like you've read on the internet, which kind of annoys me in a sense. Oh, no. And we'll discuss it when that happens, because I feel like they... Um, they didn't consult the Once Upon a Time Bible and go over exactly who can uh, fall for a sleeping curse and that kind of thing. Mm. But besides that, I don't know, I just thought it was an okay episode. I, I did really like the flashbacks. I thought they were cute. Although, well, I have a lot to say about the woodcutter. But, um... <laughs> besides that, the presence... Dan Scott? Pardon? Dan Scott for One Tree Hill? Oh, gosh. <laughs> and uh, the present day stuff was like the okay part. It just, I don't know. It, there was a lot going on. Some of it I liked. Some revelations that came out. It, I liked that it, it came out. But, I don't know. Like, the whole sleeping curse thing again. I was like, really? Like, are we going to like start wiping people's memories again? And that kind of stuff. And let's do a new curse. Yay. No. Whatever. Oh, gosh, Katie. No one cares. <gasps> <Jeffrey>. <laughs> Everyone cares, Katie. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Well, someone cares, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? But before we start caring and we get through a recap of the latest episode of Once Upon a Time, here's our announcer with a few reminders on how you can interact with us. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash storybrookweeklymirror. Follow us on Tumblr, storybrookweeklymirror.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Storybrooke Weekly Mirror and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. So let's get into it. Let's start off with the opening title card, which featured Wilby 
who we will meet in a moment, uh, traipsing through the forest. And when I first saw it, I was like, what the hell are we looking at? Because, uh, you know, because we weren't introduced <laughs> to Wilby at the moment. So I was like, why is this random dog running through the forest? It's Lassie. They're bringing Lassie into the show. <laughs> they are, apparently. So, Katie, let's go into the past. Way, way into the past. And we have Snow White as... Uh, She's being hunted by the Evil Queen. So in the press release, they called her Bandit Snow, but she's not really Bandit Snow at the moment. Mm -hmm. This is like pre-Bandit Snow. She's like about to turn Which into a, a bandit. Yeah, it's like an interesting uh, like time in her life that we really haven't seen too much of. This is like right after she's left the castle, basically. Or been banished or whatever, right? Sort of, because there's still a chapter, and then I'm going to keep on putting it out there because I want to see this chapter. There's a chapter right after she left the uh, the palace, the castle, where the um, the huntsman gives her a whistle. Oh, yeah. And we still haven't found out what she used that whistle for. Like, he was, he That's said, true. you know, blow into it and you're going to get help. And That's I think right. we've all assumed different things, but we've never seen it, or we've never got, gotten uh, confirmation about it. And I would like confirmation about it. So, yeah, Adam and Eddie, there you go. Write the episode, please. So, we're waiting. Yes. So this flashback happens, I guess, after that, whatever that journey adventure was. So Snow is fresh from being banished, and she's selling the last of her heirlooms to a nobleman for some money basically and and um the man is like not giving her enough money but you know he's like oh i think i know what this is from but snow is like okay just give me the money you're gonna get me and let me run away and so while she's away in the forest and she's talking with the blue fairy she ends up finding out that that man ended up betraying her to this bounty hunter known as the woodcutter. And so the woodcutter arrives and uh, with the help of uh, the blue fairy, Snow White fights him off and uh, she decides that she has saved up enough money to buy passage on a ship and she hopes to go to a neighboring kingdom where hopefully you know she can be granted basically like asylum you know that she can she can live there and not have to worry about the evil queen getting her so she's going to be heading to this port city called Longbourn so around the same time pardon pride and prejudice oh okay yeah, that's kind of a shout-out shout to that. I like it. And so around the same time, we have Ruth, the wonderful Ruth. She is having problems on the farm. You know, they're, they've lost sheep, and it's just it's becoming too expensive, and the farm isn't really producing. And so Ruth tells uh, her son David, you know, I, I think we need to sell the farm. You know, we don't have the resources to maintain it. And so Ruth ends up sending David to Longbourn to sell their farm. Because why not? There, are, I guess there are a lot of rich people in Longbourn that might want to buy a farm. So 
on his journey to Longbourn with his pet dog, his sheepdog, Wilby, David runs into what appears to be a peddler. And uh, the peddler is like, oh, you know. Oh, because Wilby had stolen the peddler's um, cup. And uh, Wilby, you know, I guess used the sense of the cup to go to the peddler's cart and all this kind of stuff. And so David ends up running into the peddler. And uh, the peddler's like, I'm going to Longbourn too. Why don't you come along? And uh, as David hops on the peddler's cart, we realize that the peddler is burm, 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 granny in disguise. Now, it's really the woodcutter, because the woodcutter in the peddler's cart has all these chains and the, and the woodcutter's mask and the woodcutter's hatchet things. And so we realize that the peddler is the woodcutter. So... The woodcutter ends up, um, you know, taking a break from from the journey, and uh, under the ruse uh, that you know they're gonna, you know, grab, you know, take take a drink and 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 just rest for a moment. He ends up drugging David in order to use his sheepdog Wilby to track snow, and so David gets knocked out and. Uh, the woodcutter has a piece of cloth uh, that uh, the um, hatchet ended up chopping off from Snow's gown. And, uh, you know, using the cloth and Wilby, the woodcutter uses Wilby to track Snow. And Wilby ends up finding Snow. And then... Uh, you know, Snow is like, oh, you know, you're a dog. And then all of a sudden, the hatchet arrives. And uh, Snow realizes that this is a trap from the woodcutter. And so, after a, a bit of a struggle, Snow ends up getting captured. And uh, when um, David comes to, Wilby leads him to the woodcutter's wagon. And uh, Snow is locked inside. So Snow advises David to run, but instead he tries to break the lock with a rock. But he's interrupted by the woodcutter's return. And so a fight ensues. The woodcutter bashes a hole in the wagon. And, um, you know, David ends up getting one of the hatchets. And there's this whole fight. But then the woodcutter ends up chopping the hatchet. And so, you know, uh, David is left with a a piece of like chopped wood of the, of the handle of the hatchet and so snow through the hole that the woodcutter had bashed into the wagon holds the woodcutter's arm back so that david can impale him with the hand the chopped handle of uh, the hatchet so uh david was is about to help snow because he's got the key to the wagon and he's about to sort of like peek into the hole, but Snow is like, no, 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 you know, it's best that you never see who I am because it's dangerous and, uh, you know, I have a troubled past and this, that, or the other. And so he ends up handing her the key through the hole and uh, David's faith 
in Snow's resourcefulness basically convinces her that she can live on her own and she doesn't need to run away and she can stay in her own kingdom. So this kind of inspires her to end up becoming Bandit Snow because she's like, you know what? There is this snobby royal that ends up passing by through here. Maybe I can, you know, grab a little bit of his money here and there and this is that or the other. And so after learning that David needs some money, she ends up giving him the money that she had and and basically she's like this is your reward for helping me and uh, as their hands touch a magical spark of true love gives birth to a sapling into the soil at david's feet bookmark that sapling because we'll talk about that a little bit later but uh katie let's talk about the flashback as a whole Let's talk about pre-Bandit Snow, uh, Shepherd David, the Woodcutter. Let me start off by talking about the Woodcutter. My problem <laughs> with the Woodcutter was, if he's this big, bad, badass bounty hunter, why was he so freaking inept? Like, he did not seem like a badass. Like, he didn't, like, when when um, Snow was like, oh, the woodcutter. Like, I was, like, expecting this big, ferocious, um, you know, powerful man. And he just, you know, just didn't live up to the hype, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we only have... A limited amount of time in the flashbacks to see what's happening but I mean I mean he wasn't as ferocious as I guess we were expecting uh, but I thought he was pretty weak creepy I don't know I thought he was pretty creepy I don't know <laughs> I did like and I, I, I have a problem with the internet calling the blue fairy shady because I feel like she's never really done anything shady I feel like if it can be justified. I can believe it, but I—I I don't know. It's a joke. I know, but it's just so weird. Uh, it's like because it always happens, and I'm like, she's never really been. Shady. I'm like, the only thing she's ever done that's shady is she ended up not telling them that Pinocchio was in the tree. Mm-hmm. So she's shady. Oh gosh, but I did like. I did like that she that she was there, and like I've always liked the friendship between her and Snow. So that's why I guess I've never really bought into the whole shady thing, even if it, it's it is like this huge internet joke. Although I feel like some people actually really believe it, and uh, yeah. I, I like their friendship, and it was nice to see another little aspect of it because we really don't see it as much in um, Storybrooke, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. we used to see it a lot more in season one, in particular when they used to have the whatever you would call it, the War Tribunal and that kind of thing, where apparently Granny Mm -hmm. was one of them, which, that's still kind of funny in my mind. Shout out to Granny. I love it. Love Granny. I love it. She's she's pretty great. She is. I believe it. (laughs) So that scene was really nice to see. What what Mm -hmm. did you like about the flashback, Katie? Um, I don't know. I really liked the fact that Snow and Charming were working together without even knowing who each other were. And, I mean, we're so used to them working together in the present and even in flashbacks after they've met just because of who they are. They're the tag team that you want, you want to see. And so, you know, it was kind of cool to see them working together and helping each other even before they had even met, which is such a a weird concept to think through. Mm -hmm. But it's really cool. It was really cool. I like how they played that 
um, together. I loved Wilby. I want Wilby back, man. He was adorable. <laughs> We've never <laughs> seen Wilby, Wilby since then. I, so what happened to Wilby? I don't know, man. He needs to come back. He though. got caught in a trap in the forest. Good lord. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. What I thought was gonna end up happening before, like we fully realized that the woodcutter was this peddler, because I didn't really put two and two together in like the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, maybe he will buy Wilby from him, and, and that's how he'll get some money or something like that. Yeah. Nope. He was so cute, though. Man, I want that dog. Uh, but I don't know. I really liked the backstory. I liked how Blue was there and saved Snow. And I like how we see the difference between Snow then versus now, where she was all, you know, love is just a joke. I don't believe in true love. And bam, in the future, she does. Um, so, you know, it's fun to see the character development there for sure. Um, but I, I just, I really like visiting sections of the flashback that we have not seen very much of yet. Yeah. Um, we kind of saw her becoming the bandit snow a little bit, which was, which was exciting. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought the whole magic sapling thing created by their touch was really unique i like that a lot and i wonder you know does that happen with every true love couple do they the moment that they touch you know the moment that they realize that they're in love and touch hands or whatever does that do that for them too you know are these are there are a bunch of random magical trees growing around random places uh one but would think but it feels like it's yeah. just gonna be a uh, plot device Probably. for the present day Probably. stuff but it was cool. It was cool. I will give them that. It was a cool plot device. I liked it. So I appreciated the flashbacks. I thought they were great. Um, and, I mean, Jane Essenson does a good job with snowing backstory. So I always appreciate when she touches on that. Yeah. I liked the flashbacks. I, th I feel like it was one of the strongest aspects of the episode. Because, I mean, I think we all know how I feel about <sighs> Snow and Charming go on their honeymoon and fight Medusa. Yeah. This was definitely not like that. This was a definitely a chapter that we hadn't seen that I thought was really neat to see. Mm -hmm. And I welcome flashbacks like this because it feels sort of like fresh and new and unique, which is always mm -hmm. good to see especially in a flashback because i feel like a lot of times in the past they sometimes like shoehorn stuff in that uh, to be quite honest we like really don't need to see and and mm -hmm. like i mean i hate to bring it up again because i just mentioned it but it's like like that whole honeymoon excursion like i feel like i could have lived perfectly fine without seeing <laughs> that happening um yeah <laughs> yeah so other than that, I thought it was a really strong flashback, minus the fact that I feel like the woodcutter just, you know, if you're a bounty hunter, you should be good at doing your job. Like, this is, <laughs> she's not even bandit snow yet, and she's outsmarting you. I'm like, really, dude? You know. Hashtag no bueno. He just had a down day. Apparently, yeah. He, he didn't <laughs> eat his Wheaties for breakfast, apparently. 
Oops. It's <laughs> great. It just shows you how amazing Snow and Charming are. Exactly. That's exactly what it yep. is. So let's get into the <laughs> present day storybook. And uh, it's the middle of the night. And uh, Snow's asleep. And we see creepy shadows of the evil queen in Snow's bedroom. And then all of a sudden Snow wakes up in the middle of the woods. And the evil queen emerges behind a tree. And she's like, oh, you know, you have been so lucky. You have been so lucky, Snow White, and all this kind of stuff. And you are getting ponies on your birthday. And uh, I didn't get anything. And so... She basically, after like talking about ponies for a moment, the evil queen uh, reminds Snow that uh, she she wants her heart, and she wants obviously both her and David's heart, because uh, it, their separate heart put together is one whole heart, and uh, so the evil queen basically says that she will get their hearts and snow's like no we would never you'll you can't steal our hearts because uh regina put a protection spell on it and evil queen's like no i didn't say i was going to steal your hearts i said you were going to give your hearts to me and so she ends up giving snow a mysterious potion and is like you have 12 hours to figure out what this potion is and if you don't this potion will be used on the entirety of storybrook and everyone will die and suffer <laughs> and then she disappears <laughs> that was great thank you and so snow I-, I love well let me pause for a second i love how she just stranded snow in the middle of the forest in her nightgown <laughs> i thought that was fantastic right? like you could at least bring me back i know you could uber <laughs> me back to my apartment you know what i'm saying <laughs> anyway exactly snow ends up showing regina the potion and after running a test on it because initially she didn't know what it was and hook doesn't trust water he likes rum she ends up using the potion on a potted plant and she identifies the water as water from the river of lost souls so gold as he's wont to do ends up bringing back a su- ended up bringing back a souvenir from their time in the underworld slash underbrook and uh yeah, it's water from the river of lost souls. So she's like, oh, she's working with gold. And so, yeah. So after doing some research and trying to figure stuff out, Belle's like, I can't find anything in the books, but thank you for remembering me. Mother Superior, a.k.a. the Blue Fairy, comes and she says that while she doesn't have anything that can stop the water from the river of lost souls... She does believe that a magical sapling can be powerful enough to entrap the evil queen. So they end up deciding that they are going to trap her in the queen's vault after all of like, the magical stuff gets uh, taken out. And uh, they, they um, end up learning from Mother Superior that the sapling... There was one in the Enchanted Forest, but they believe that the sapling is here in Storybrook, And so this elaborate scheme is created because uh, the Mother Superior is like, you know, I can do some magic to find the sapling, but like everyone will be able to see it. And if uh, basically the villains see it, they will realize what we're doing and they can get to the sapling first. 
So Regina does this scheme in which she sends a note to Zelina demanding that she meets her, her being the evil queen, at uh, Gold's Pawn Shop. I loved how, A, it was very fancy calligraphy in um, the note, and I love how it's signed, <laughs> the queen. The queen. The queen. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, great. Prior to this moment, uh, the evil queen and Zelina had shared... Uh, uh, you know, a little heart-to-heart, -heart, like, little moment where basically the evil queen is like, oh, no, there's nothing going on between me and gold. You know, I, you know, I just scratched his back. He scratched mine, and I gave him the shears, and uh, he's going to help me, you know, take down uh, Snow and David and all this kind of stuff. But when Zelina stops by the pawn shop, she catches the evil queen and gold. Uh, um making out i guess is what you would call it groping each other Ugh, in the back it room was, it was gross and Man, uh, pass the bleach yes just has just <laughs> as regina had planned and you know they get into this whole thing where you know she's like yeah, oh, you, you two are together, and this, that, or the other, and um, Zelina starts turning a little bit green in the neck, and uh, the evil queen is like, see, you're, you're getting jealous, and all this kind of stuff, and Zelina's point isn't that she's jealous, it's that, you know, she lied to her. And so, while Gold is inspecting the note, because Zelina's like, you know, you sent me this note. And the Evil Queen's like, no, I didn't send you the, a note. And so they realize that it was Regina. And this was a plot by the heroes to uh, basically take their attention away from what they were doing. So at the same time, Mother Superior enacts a spell that will help Snow, David, and Regina get the sapling. So it leads them to a trap door in the ground. And they hop in it. And um, Snow and David find the sapling. They both touch it. And the history of their love basically flashbacks right before their eyes. So they see everything. You know, including their honeymoon with Medusa. And they also see that moment from when uh, Snow gives uh, David the coins and their hands touch, and that's when the magical sapling uh, ended up sprouting. But they don't know what that means at that moment, and they don't have time really to decipher it because the evil queen appears and she ends up magicking the sapling out of their hands she snaps it in half turns it to dust and vows to destroy storybrook if they don't surrender their hearts and so they basically are like you know we still have time we still have time and she's like uh fine and uh, she ends up poofing away but she ends up telling them you know meet me at the cemetery because a cemetery is a good place for endings so over at the vault hook calms Emma down, you know, she, she's having her tremors, she's trying to figure out what to do next, she wants to save her parents, and all this kind of stuff, and so Hook ends up using Henry's story book in Storybrooke to make Emma feel better, and to remind her about her parents' love, and that they can overcome 
any obstacle and that of course you know they always find each other i'll always find you and so she grows worried about her parents' fate and, and and as well as how that affects her her vision of the future and and whatnot and um and uh he basically tells her you know you can overcome these visions you can overcome anything and he's like you know you're the product of true love you know you can you can do this so let's pause right here and, and let's sort of like break down everything that's happened so far. So Zelina learns about the evil queen and gold's uh, thing and um, the sapling gets destroyed and Captain Swan has a really nice tender moment with uh, the story book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just commenting on that first I was not expecting that at all but it was really it was really touching I liked it a lot I love how Hook just kind of sits her down he's like shush I'm gonna tell a story <laughs> it was so cute yeah and they don't always use it, the storybook yeah, a lot and so it's exactly. it's great when they pull it out and you know either they're they're using it as a reference like in um, the Cinderella episode or now like mm -hmm. using it as a means of like comfort and reassurance yeah exactly it was really touching i liked how they did that they brought out the story that we've heard so much before and also brought it back to when they were in the enchanted forest together and uh used it to kind of help her calm herself down i guess you could yeah. say and reassure did you her. notice that was just that in the order like after like the first couple pages are like the order that we're used to and then it's like after mm -hmm. everything happens is their page which i don't know how the book is ordered yeah so i don't know if, if that makes any yeah. any sense or, or a difference but that would mean that the book has sort of like the right order before they went back in time to mess things up maybe it kind of yeah, looked like that which is interesting yeah which is cool because i've always you know wondered as much as i loved that episode like did it completely erase the way that yeah because i'll be honest i really like their original meet cute yeah I like them both, but, like, the original meeting was for sure the best. And I was hoping that that hadn't gotten erased. So I appreciate that it doesn't seem that way from the book, which is cool. Um, but, yeah, that moment was just really touching, and it really helped calm it down. So that was cool to see. Um, and then I was not expecting the Evil Queen to just destroy the sapling that fast like i don't know it did, it kind of shocked me you know they made this big deal about the sapling and everything and then all of a sudden it's destroyed and i was like oh okay well that's a plot twist i wasn't expecting that at all um of course i mean i wasn't expecting them to use it and for it to work obviously just because that would be a quick quick fix for an issue that we've had for quite a lot of episodes um but it just kind of shocked me that it uh, she snapped it in half so easily and then they were left having to make, you know, a decision. Um, but I thought that was interesting. And I do like that they finally are kind of progressing. Zelina 
in Regina and the Evil Queen's relationship in the sense that she is now jealous because she has seen what is going on between the Evil Queen and Rumpel Silskin, and she's jealous about that. Well, I don't know if she's necessarily as jealous that they're together. I think she's more so jealous that she felt like it was going to be like the sisters together, you know, not in a romantic or even sexual way, but like that they were going to be teamed up and, uh, you know, she's there for her and and hers there for she and like, and like that kind of thing. Like they were going to be together you know, doing mm-hmm. their wicked, evil type of thing. So uh, now, all of a sudden, exactly. she's bringing in this outside person, and, and obviously, um, the evil queen has like a thing with him, and, and so oh, she's gosh. basically like, you know, why are you bringing your boyfriend into the mix when it was going to mm-hmm. be sisters doing it for themselves? Exactly, which I appreciate that they brought that out, and it just kind of it kind of puts something. It, it puts a different dynamic there, where Zelina doesn't trust the Evil Queen so much anymore, and kind of moves that yeah. along a little, and a little bit. It was and also I, good because. Yeah. It isn't like the usual thing of like, oh, I want your boyfriend. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I'm jealous that that you know you picked uh, that he picked you, and I, and, you know, he was really supposed to be mine. Like they could have done something like exactly. that, and I'm glad that they didn't. Yeah, exactly. That was a, a different route for them to take, and it really does work and makes it fresh and new. And I appreciate that they brought out that her being jealous makes her go green again. That was really cool because, you know, I kind of forgot about that, that being jealous is originally what made her start going green. So it was very interesting that they brought that out again, which is cool. I appreciate that a lot. And just a quick note, jumping back to the sapling thing, I really liked that montage they had of snowing and like their meetings and everything, even though it had the... You know, the honeymoon thing in there. It had a lot of their moments together and their adventures together. And that was so cool. I liked how they had that in there. I mean, they brought they brought us back to the past with the storybook. Or the storybook. Um, and Hook telling Emma, you know, the stories. And then they also brought us back, way back to the beginning with the snowing montage that they had there. Which was really cool. I appreciated that a lot. Yeah. The storybook in Storybrooke. <laughs> I swear that that this show has ruined that word for me. I cannot say it correctly anymore. It's too funny. It really is. Okay, so let's continue on where we left off. So it's a good grief. It's cemetery time. The time has come. My little friends talk of many things from shoes and now that's from Alice in Wonderland. Um, <laughs> the evil queen gathers the town. She's like, thank you for accepting my invitation. And I'm, I'm like, really lady. And so she basically is like, I'm going to kill you all. If a uh, snow and charming don't appear in like five minutes. And so Emma is ready to fight with uh, Regina. But uh, the couple arrives and uh, sh- 
she they i should say ask regina to lift her protection spell from them so she does and that allows the evil queen to rip out their hearts and uh we have the couple holding hands and and basically telling her because i mean they had they had a couple heart to hearts throughout the episode and they decided that this would be the best for the town and um they basically tell her that uh that you can do this but you know you know we'll we'll always find each other and all this kind of stuff and she basically after ripping both of their hearts out decides that this would not be easy enough and uh you know she could kill them but that wouldn't be satisfying like she wants to make them suffer and she wants them to feel what she feels and she wants them to feel her loneliness so while all this is happening i don't know if you noticed and i don't know if this was intentional because we remember that there is a black spot in snow's heart but while she was holding the hearts like a darkness like came about in both of them it was like whooshing with with darkness Mm -hmm. so i'm assuming that maybe that also had to do with what she was doing because the evil queen ends up thrusting their hearts back in and snow quickly passes out and so the evil queen is basically say you know she's like cackling you know sleeping curse and uh charming is like oh you know sleeping curse really like we've uh handled these before and so the evil queen says well this is a sleeping curse with a twist and so she makes snow's body disappear and then tells david to go find her and so he searches for snow starts off at the loft but then he ends up heading to the woods uh, where where um she i guess had woken up in the middle of the night and uh, in the woods inside of a tree that that kind of is reminiscent to uh, the glass coffin that snow was in in the enchanted forest that that the dwarves had uh, built he ends up finding snow and so with uh the group like surrounding him he ends up kissing snow and she wakes up with you know by true love's kiss but after she wakes up david ends up getting knocked out and falling asleep and he falls to the ground and so they realize that the evil queen used the sleeping curse by spreading it across both of their hearts and so since they're they share a heart they share the curse meaning that one will always be asleep while the other is awake so before we get into this there's a teeny tiny storyline that uh, might as well get it out the way so that we can discuss about the rest of the episode as a whole so at the cemetery before the evil queen does her whole to do Zelina ends up sharing with Belle about the evil queen and gold's um, team up uh, professionally as well as romantically and so bell ends up visiting gold at the pawn shop later on gold is like looking up to the ultrasound he ends up thanking her but uh bell is like you know i i've heard about you and the evil queen 
I know what's going on, and so Gold was basically about to say, oh, you know, it means nothing, I guess the romantical part, but Belle's like, you know what, I don't care what you do, we're not together, who cares, but what I do care is I heard about you and these shears, and you're trying to use them on our baby, and I'm not going to let you do that at all. So your whole plan with the shears, it's not going to happen. And Gold is trying to justify it, but Belle is like, no, you are not going to change our unborn child out of your own selfish needs to, and your worry that our child is not going to like you. And uh, he's like, yeah, but what if this happens? And, and you know, what, what can I do? And she's basically like, you need to earn your child's love. You can't just magically. And... Uh, um, she ends up like basically calling him weak. He's too weak to try to be good. And uh, as she leaves, Gold becomes furious with Zelina, as he said. <laughs> so, Katie, let's talk about it. Let's talk about this sleeping curse with a twist as well as that really powerful bell and gold scene in the pawn shop what do you want to tackle first uh well since we just talked about the bell scene let's just talk about that first um i really liked that last scene with her she me too yeah she's been standing. she found her, her power yeah she's been standing her ground with him and just not letting him get away with crap anymore. And I think that's great. I mean, he's like, oh, it's just a fling, you know, whatever. And she's like, I don't care. You can kiss whoever. I don't care who you kiss, whatever. But what I do care about is you trying to use magic and power again to change the fate of something because you're too weak to try to be worthy of it um, naturally, which it's so powerful because it's so true. She's finally realizing, or she's finally standing up for and speaking against his character and how he's treating other people, how he's just failing. I mean, he's going to fail this son again. And this is probably why his son hates him in the future is because he's too weak to even try to be worthy of his love without using magic. And I mean... I don't know what his deal is. I am so, ugh, I'm done with Rumple Man. I've been done with him for a while, but I am just done now. But man, I'm so happy Belle's standing up for herself and being like, I ain't standing for this crap anymore. And it's it's just so great to see her do that finally. And it was so frustrating after that powerful scene of her telling him being too weak to be good is worse than being evil. And the, she, she leaves and he's like pissed at Selena because he told Belle about their kissing or him kissing the evil queen. It's like, dude, this is what you're mad at. Oh my God. He just doesn't get it. He does not get it at <laughs> he's all. Such a child. He's yeah. such a child. I love that Belle is like sticking to her decision because we've mm -hmm. seen her waffle before which i think yeah. all of us have found very annoying but it's yeah. it's nice that she's finally sticking to this and uh like he's really realizing that she's serious and mm -hmm. i don't think 
because of like her waffling in the past, I don't think he initially thought that she was serious, but like I think he's finally realizing that she's sticking to this and uh, you know, things are only going to change if he wants them to change. He can't just magic things away anymore. Like no matter how much power you have, you have to actually put in the emotional work of like trust and um and uh i i don't know like you know it's just like proving yourself proving that you really want to be good and that you're actually striving to be a better person and Mm -hmm. i was here for that like i was annoyed that i guess he's blaming zelina but the truth is you should be blaming yourself. So I, mm-hmm. I feel like he still needs to take a few more steps to realize that this is a problem that you're creating. It's not a problem because other people are sort of telling your business. It's a problem that you're making into a problem because of your actions. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It's very true. So the curse, the sleeping curse, the, the curse. new curse. Woo. I Okay. So first of all I was like a sleeping curse again. Oh my gosh. And then there was that twist. I like it. I appreciate that they put a twist on it. Um because it's just it makes it a little bit more interesting. It makes it it has different rules than the original curse did. Um Obviously, the Evil Queen's tweaked the recipe a little bit, um, which is very interesting. It's, inter- it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out because, I mean, filming spoilers for everybody, but they've filmed up to, I think, the 11th episode so far, and we still have not seen Snow and Charming together since then, or even up to this point, to the 11th episode, which is quite a few episodes into the future, I guess. Uh, Well, I guess not that many. Um, But it's, I mean, you would expect them to tackle this and try to solve this right away, but it kind of appears that they're not going to, which is really interesting. I appreciate that they put a twist on it, and I think it just makes the stakes a little bit more different or a little bit different than what they have been in the past, which which is interesting. And I appreciate how the Evil Queen has realized that just killing is not going to get her revenge. It's not going to get her what the feeling that she wants. Seeing them suffering without each other is what she wants. Because Snow took her love away from her when she was little in her mind. And so she wants to see Snow suffer without her love and without being being able to interact with her love in the same way that she's feeling. She wants her to feel as alone as she's feeling. And mm-hmm. this is an interesting way to go about that. So I, I appreciate it. I like that they've twisted it so it's not the same exact thing that we've seen in the past. So, yeah. Okay. Here are my issues with it. Okay. Number one, a sleeping curse again. Really? <laughs> Number... Well, let me, let me do a positive. I do like that there's a twist. Hey. So I'll give them points... For figuring out how to twist the sleeping curse. But my other problems with it. Another thing is. In the vision. Snow and Charming were there. But they but, talked about but that. I know. But Emma did sort of mention that. 
that the Oracle sort of said that the, the Vision, you know, basically she'll always die, but that the Vision isn't 100%, 100%. So I guess they wrote themselves out of that. But here's something that I feel that they can't write themselves out of. And the internet has also mentioned this, so that means that other people have noticed this as well. When the whole sleeping curse thing initially happened, remember season two, I sort of like jokingly nickname it the sleeping curse season because honestly, it felt like everybody went under a sleeping curse. <laughs> and that's when we really learned like the sleeping curse mythos. And part of the sleeping curse mythos is that if you have been under a sleeping curse, a sleeping curse isn't supposed to affect you again, right? But and you can also visit that. the sleeping curse realm. I don't if you've that. been under a sleeping curse. I have, mm, interesting. But does obviously the evil queen has tweaked the recipe? Does that still affect? Is that the same effect now that the evil queen has changed the dynamics of how it works? So you're saying that you can't fall. You can't be affected by the sla same sleeping curse, but if it's tweaked, then it would be a different sleeping curse. So you would be affected by that different sleeping curse? I'm trying to work this around in my mind. Uh, sure. Like, I mean, I'm trying to think of how to explain this. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, so. If like, she would have given them, like, the regular sleeping curse that she's given them in the past, mm -hmm. it would not have worked. It because they would be immune. Yeah, I would think so, because they have already been under sleeping curses. Correct, so it would not have worked, because they would be mm -hmm. immune to it. Yeah. So because she tweaked it, then it's a new sleeping curse. Like, mm -hmm. it's, it's sleeping curse B. And because yeah. they've sleeping never curse had 2. sleeping 0. curse 2.0, then... That's why they fell mm -hmm. into the sleeping curse. It would be like... I'm trying to figure out if this is the correct way of saying this. Um, it would be like getting vaccinated against one type... Okay, saying... Like one type of flu, flu, but you can also still get the other... Yeah. The flu. So it would be like a different strain of the sleeping curse that they're not immune against. Because okay. I'm assuming, also, because a lot of people have said, well, can't Emma or Henry or Neil kiss them and that would be Trula's kiss and wake them up? But I'm assuming that the evil queen would be like, would be smart enough to know that and add that into the recipe that that is not going to work. Okay. Okay, I guess I can get that and get behind it. Even though, and I'll say this, and I promise I won't say this in every episode, but really a sleeping curse. Bro! It okay. just, that's what I want to say, like, <laughs> to the writers. Like, again, but, okay. you know, it's like, here's the thing, though. Like, writers, <laughs> please do not start wiping people's memories. Please don't bring about another <laughs> curse. Because I feel like they've been doing a good job. Like, I get that Belle was recently under a sleeping curse. But that was kind of different, in a sense. Like, there was a reason why she had to go under the sleeping curse. Mm -hmm. 
It wasn't, but, like, as far as, like, revenge and all that kind of stuff, like, yeah. what, what we're used to the Sleeping Curses being, so I kind of forgave that, mm-hmm. but if they start putting more people under Sleeping Curses, if they start, like, bringing back some of the old tropes, like, wiping people's memories and doing a new curse and that kind of thing, I'm just gonna be, like, really? Like, can you guys <laughs> not think of anything else? Because, like, this is a realm of magic. Like, there have to be other curses that are called different names that they can use on people like it's just i'm like you're going back to a sleeping curse so that's my only gripe about it uh, i do like that it, there's a twist so i'll give them props on that it'll be interesting to see how they use it because you know I, i'm sure there will be something where you know they really need david and so snow's gonna be like okay david let me kiss you and i'm gonna go to betty bye and then all of a sudden yeah, exactly. there will be something else where, oh, we really could use Snow's tracking skills. Okay, let me kiss my wife and I'm going to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I am not totally upset with it. I mean, I would be upset with it if it was just completely the, um, the... It's just the original sleeping curse because I've used that so much. But with this twist, I'm not totally upset with it because it's a totally different, like, totally different rules to it and how it's going to be played. And it'll be interesting to see how they work with it. Um, but, I mean, for them, it's interesting just because way back in the beginning of the show, that is what has started them out on this journey is, I mean, we saw Snow in a sleeping curse. And we saw uh, Charming wake her up from it. Um, so it's kind of reminiscent of the first season in that sense but it's still different because of the different change of rules so i mean for me it's not a bothersome um just because of that but yeah i mean it's not bothering me just because the rules have changed but that's that's me of course so yeah and i can get behind that Uh, i'm intrigued to see what they do next with it but uh yeah so let's get into our mvp for the episode uh katie i'll let you go first who's your mvp and why hmm. i am going to choose dang it i'm thinking about the episode real quick i think i'm gonna choose snow do I want to choose some? Uh, actually, I'm just going to choose Charming. I lied. I'm going to choose Charming. Um, Katie, don't lie to the listeners. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm choosing Charming just because I appreciate seeing Charming in flashbacks because we haven't seen very much or very many Charming backstories, I should say. Um, and then... I, I like how he worked together with Snow, and he helped her, um, he helped her escape in the backstory, and then he also, in the present day, he and she both worked together and decided that sacrificing themselves to save everyone else was the right thing to do. And I mean, that is something that the heroes do, un- or do faithfully, and it can seem kind of annoying to the audience 
But that is just that that's them. That's their character. They're always willing to sacrifice themselves for everybody else. And I think that's powerful and it shows that they're heroes in that sense. And I appreciate that. So Charming gets my MVP. All right. My MVP is Snow. No, I'm lying to the listeners, just like Katie. My actual MVP is Belle, because I really liked that short scene at the end where she stood up for herself again. Like, we saw this a couple episodes ago out on um, the, the docks, and I liked that they have given her a strong backbone and uh, they've uh, basically left her to stick to her guns and uh, they haven't allowed her to get swayed into believing gold like she used to. So I'm glad she's sticking to what she believes and sticking to her convictions. And I thought it was a really strong and powerful scene. And I'm loving this new Belle. I agree. So let's rate the episode. From 1 to 10 apples, the point system is allowed. And of course, if uh, an episode exceeds uh, your expectations and you feel that it is worth more than 10 apples, you may give it the coveted golden apple. So Katie, we'll start off with you again how would you rate this episode yeah okay so i'm going to give it a nine i'm gonna give it a nine yes because i thought the snowing backstory worked very well um it was one that didn't seem out of place and it just worked and um will be of course he was adorable (laughs) um and then I loved the magical sapling thing. I love the twist to the sleeping curse. I love the Captain Swan scene. I love the bell scene. Um, I just thought there were a lot of really great scenes. Um, I mean, it could have been better in the sense that they could have made the woodcutter seem scarier, I guess you could say. They could have extended maybe the flashbacks a little bit just or done something with his character to make him seem a little bit more intimidating. Um, but overall, it was a pretty great episode. All right. I'm going to give this episode eight apples, which isn't bad, per se. Like, if we would uh, assign letter grades, like, I would have given it a B. So an eight would be 80% out of 100. So I feel like it's, it's a B. It's eight apples. It wasn't bad. Maybe my expectations were too high. I did really like the flashback. I thought a lot of the elements in the present day was really interesting. In particular, the whole uh, hero sort of like getting one on uh, the bad guys with the notes. I thought that was really interesting. I liked the bell scene. The Captain Swan stuff was really nice as well, as you mentioned, Katie. Mm -hmm. And uh, overall, it it was interesting to see. The usage of the sleeping curse, I mean, I feel like I already spoke about that enough in the episode, so you all know my feelings on that. So that kind of, like, bumped the score down a little bit, but still it wasn't bad. Like, some of our other co-hosts, when they don't like an episode, they go down really low, and, you know, I'm still a little bit high because I really enjoy the show, and uh, overall it wasn't as bad as uh, sort of I made it sound 
uh, or at least my opinions as far as like, certain things. Uh, overall, I did enjoy the episode as a whole. So, Katie, I need you to look into your crystal ball and to tell us everything that's going to happen. So, I, I think it's time to get a little spoilery. Okay, yes, let's dive into some spoilers for upcoming episodes of Once Upon a Time. This is an official spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. You can check out our official Facebook like page by visiting facebook.com forward slash Storybook Weekly Mirror. And you can visit my site at storybookmirror.tumblr.com. Uh, we always post all the latest information. Um, ABC has been really faithful with getting the press releases and the promotional photos. And Adam's been doing great with script teases this year. So um, if you don't want to miss those, make sure you check out our uh, sites to find that information. Um, so we have kind of um, some exciting stuff to go over today. Um, we got a... We got a title episode spoiler this week, which is exciting. It is for the 12th episode, which is, now we know, is titled Murder Most Foul. And it was written by Jerome Schwartz and Jane Espenson. Which, for people who are not aware, Murder Most Foul is a line in Hamlet. And I think it's also a movie, and yeah. So... Maybe we'll be getting some Hamlet plot lines going on or something. I don't know. But or I'm an con- actual murder. Or Yeah, I'm concerned about the murder part. I was just about to say that. I'm concerned about this murder part that's in the title. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll be finding out what's going to happen. Um, let's see. So we have some casting news which is exciting um mckenna grace will be returning and if you do not remember who she was she was the young young emma who played the child emma um in the episode with i believe it was merlin where she met merlin in the movie theater um so she'll be returning as young emma soon according to adam horowitz but jennifer morrison took a picture with her recently in a trailer, and Jennifer Morrison had kind of like a fairy tale-ish braid in with a crown, kind of it looked like, and full makeup on. So I'm going to assume she's going to appear either in like the 10th or the 11th episode. Um, so kind of look for that coming up soon. Um, and then also for casting, we have been told that Aelin Dale is set to reprise his role as King George. Yes! I freaking hate King George. <laughs> I love him as an actor. I hate the king. I know. But that has to be a testament to him as an actor. I've liked exactly. him in other stuff. So so he's been a good guy oh, before. Yeah. For sure. But like here, he's just so horrible. Oh, but it's gosh, it's yeah. fantastic to watch him. It is. And I mean, you know, it, it means some more charming backstory, perhaps. Some more snow and charming backstory. We don't know for sure. It'd be nice to see him in present day, I'm I'm, I'm saying also. I'm thinking that that might be the case. I guess we'll find out. But this is what they had to say about his return. They said, King George returns to cause trouble for snow and charming in an episode later this season that shines a new light on all of their past and has a profound impact on their futures. So... We got some interesting stuff coming up with him. Um, okay, so there was a lot. There was some interesting filming done this past week. Um, if you want to see all the pictures to that, you can by visiting my site, 
actually here's here's a here's a uh, a link that will get you directly to the pictures. If you go to storybookmirror.tumblr.com forward slash tagged forward slash six point one one and then type in the word the phrase tougher than the rest, it will come up. Um, with all the spoilers for the episode. And that's where all of the um, filming pictures will show up for you. But just to kind of describe to you what was going on, um, let's see, what happened? There was scenes filmed that were we didn't get any pictures for, which I'll just kind of go over briefly. They filmed in a village. Um, there was one scene that included Regina Robin, Rumpel, and the Sheriff of Nottingham. And then another scene was just with Regina. And then the last scene was with Emma, Regina, and Robin. And I believe this is all in the forest, the Enchanted Forest. So, I don't know what's going on. But, I guess we'll find out for sure. Um, and then here's where things get really interesting. This was like an all-night shoot, so it happened at nighttime, obviously. Um, it was a scene where Emma is fighting the hooded figure again, except this time she has a coat on, um, rather than just the tank top she had on before. Um, she has the sword out, she's fighting him, and all the people that were there were Morpheus, Rumpel, Belle, Regina... Robin, Henry, Charming, and Hook. So, Snow is not there. But everyone else is, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. um, now, I always hate being the stickler for this. Yes. Is it Morpheus, or is it Gold oh. and Belle's unborn child? I was going child? to say this. I was going to say this. Kat, who is a regular vi uh, visitor to the set, saw a call sheet and heard it over radios that Morpheus officially has or the Rumble Baby officially has a name. And his name is not named after someone who has died. His name is Gideon. Okay. Which is super interesting. Uh, Gideon was a character in the Bible. He was a one of the four major, or not one of the four, one of the major judges in the Book of Judges. And mm -hmm. he um, basically was offered the position of King of Israel, but he refused because he recognized that God was the one true King of Israel, and he did not want to take that place. So he did lead as a judge, and he led one of the most peaceful um, times, or he, the time that he was a judge was very peaceful, um, in their history. So that's Gideon from the Bible. Gideon also means like the name Gideon, Gideon in, is a Hebrew baby name and Hebrew, the meaning of the name Gideon is destroyer. Um, it, it means destroyer or warrior basically. So very interesting hmm. and I, I, I kind of like it I like how they didn't go 
for... Oh, God, Balefire. Balefire or Neil or, like, Chip or something stupid. Oh, God, Praise Chip. God. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. That would be horrible. They might as well call him Mrs. Potts. <laughs> right? So we can be thankful that they went with an original name. And it, it kind of fits... It fits with, uh, with them, I guess you can say. So, yeah. That's now great. I want the baby to be Mrs. Potts. Is that wrong? Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so we have an official name for him. So, he is not Morpheus anymore. He is Gideon, which is very interesting. So, there you okay, go. There's I like some spoilers. That. Um,. So, basically, yes, that was a scene, and it appeared, the scene appeared to suggest that Gideon is the hooded figure. And we see Emma punching him as she kind of tower leans over him as he's laying on the ground. So, crap is going down. Crap okay. Is going How down. does that even make any sense, though? I don't know. Like, why would uh, he feel like he needs to fight Emma, of all people. Absolutely no idea. Like, wouldn't you be Black fighting your father if you hate him? Yeah, see, that's why I'm super confused what's going on. Which is kind of exciting because usually we can guess what's going on, but I have yeah. absolutely no idea what's going on. Which is really exciting. So, uh, I guess we'll have to wait to find out, maybe? Um, for sure. But that was a very interesting scene that happened. But, um, the, another interesting thing with that was Robin was there, but everyone else was in their store clothing, but he was in his enchanted forest clothing, which is really interesting because mm -hmm. I, I still don't understand. Again, I don't understand something that's going on. I don't understand what's going on with him returning. Like, if we do it in an, uh, an alternate universe, mm -hmm. I understand why he would be in the Enchanted Forest scenes, but I don't get why he's in his his Enchanted Forest clothing in Storybrooke. Yeah. Like, I can't either, because I've seen images of him there, and, and it just... Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense. I know. I'm but I'm sure they'll explain it. And they keep on saying he's not back al alive again, and it's only for a limited amount of episodes. Yeah. So, I don't know what's happening. I guess we'll find out for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last little bit of information was that Emma... Oh, I forgot about this. Emma and Hook and August filmed. But pictures were not allowed to be taken because they wanted to keep their costumes a secret. So obviously they are filming in the Enchanted Forest and some sort of some sort of alternate universe is going on. Which is really interesting and I'm kind of excited that August is there to be honest. Um, but I guess we'll find out what happens. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was a lot of the interesting information that went on with filming. Um, and then just some basic information. I know that we have seen through filming spoilers that Gideon is probably the person behind the mask. But here's what the once bosses had to say about that. They said, as for whether the hooded figure or any... Or, sorry, as for whether 
Colin O'Donohue because they were interviewing Colin O'Donohue for this time. So as for whether he or any other cast members know the identity of Emma's killer, if only because the one spots, it's only because the one's bosses have made it pretty clear they had someone locked in from the go. Or from go. We might have an idea, O'Donohue teased, but we're not going to tell you. So it's getting I'm I'm pretty sure it's Gideon, but I guess we'll find out for sure yes. later on. I would hope that you have an idea since you just filmed the scene. Exactly. <laughs> um, this, I believe that this information might have been, um, he, they might have gathered this information while they were doing um, interviews with Colin O'Donoghue oh, okay. before that they filmed the scene. So, we don't know. But, yeah. Um, someone asked, are we going to be seeing... Well, actually, you know what? This was in, in an article done by ET Online. They did a big, another big art, article um, with people who asked questions on Twitter. And so they... She, Leanne, who is the writer of the article, went ahead and asked Adam and Eddie um, the questions. So someone asked, are we going to be seeing Regina acting more heroic this year? Kitsis said, we are going to continue to see the, hero the heroism of Regina, and she will be tested like never before. So you get to look forward to that, Regina fans. Um, and then in regards to Robin again, I can tease that it will be sometime this season that he returns, Eddie says. I will say it's complicated. Fans will have to see what we are doing because it is not the Robin they know. Robin is not coming back from the dead. Or he's not coming back from death. This is an entirely new idea. It's multiple episodes and it's an arc, but it's not permanent. And then Adam said, we're glad you're confused and intrigued because we're not resurrecting him. We're not telling a flashback story. He said, it's a whole new thing and we don't want to tease it too much more than that. So I guess keep guessing, but I still haven't thought of anything that explains what's going on. Um, and then the last little bit that someone asked was, what about another possible engagement this season? Eddie said, it has been a long time since we had a proposal on the show. You never know. I keep watching this season. You never know. As you said, it's been a long time, so who knows when we'll play that song again. So there's all the information um, that we've kind of been given this week. Um, we do have a press release for the next episode, which is the eighth episode, um, titled I'll Be Your Mirror, and it was written by Jerome Schwartz and Leah Fong. And this is what the press release reads. Emma and Regina formulate a plan to trap the evil queen in a prison of their own making, while Snow and David adjust to life without each other. As Henry nervously prepares to take Violet to the school dance, the evil queen impersonates Regina to give him some advice that could lead him down a dark path. Meanwhile, Zelina agrees to help Belle, and together they enlist Aladdin to steal a magical object from Mr. Gold that could protect Belle and her unborn child from him forever. Um, and then looking at the guest list, Granny's back, Doc's back, Sneezy's back, Jasmine and Aladdin are back, the dragon is back, which is interesting. And we did kind of see in the promo there was a shot of a dr an actual dragon. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Violet is back. So, that's a lot of interesting things going on for this next episode, apparently. Um, and then you can check out the promotional photos by going to our face, or yeah, by going to our um, my site, estorbrookmirror.tumblr.com. And then the last little bit of information was the 
ratings that came out. And this is a lot more encouraging than last week, which is um, it was contending against the World Series in a couple um, important football games last week. So we did see a rise on this week. It rose two tenths from last week's 0.9 in the demographics to a 1.1 in the demographics. And they also slightly ticked up in the millions of viewers to 3.53 million viewers. So that is definitely better than uh, last week, which is exciting. So hopefully we'll we'll see the show continue to uh, go up or stay steady in the ratings. Exactly. Sounds good and promising. So on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Storybrook Weekly Mirror. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Storybrook Weekly Mirror and subscribe. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash storybrookweeklymirror. Follow us on Tumblr, storybrookweeklymirror.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Thanks, announcer. Katie, wish the listeners a good night. Good night, guys. Can't wait to talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of Storybrook Weekly Mirror every Tuesday via iTunes and the Poppy Chulo Radio archives. New episodes stream via poppychuloradio.com every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Good night. Good night.